Hello, and welcome to Neurodiverse Noise. I'm here today with Jay. Say hello, Jay. Hi. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Jay. What are your pronouns? Uh, my pronouns are they, them, theirs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I cycle through a bunch of hobbies. Uh, lately, I've been into costume design stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, today, um, our, one of our main topics is going to be food while neurodivergent. Um, I, I have a few questions here, if that's all right. Yeah. Awesome. So what are some struggles that you face around food? Um, it depends. Some days I can, I don't struggle with food and I can like explore different options and I can eat really weird things. And other days I can't eat anything and I struggle just eating. Do you feel like your relationship with food and your struggles with eating are linked to your neurodivergence at all? Uh, definitely. Uh, on days when I don't want to talk or I can't talk, I struggle with just eating. And on days where I feel very energetic and open, I can just eat anything. I find I struggle with that as well. On days where my sensory needs are higher or like the needs are higher and my sensory overload is higher, it's just like a lot more difficult for me to navigate the world and that includes food. So I definitely have something similar with that. Yeah. Um, what do you, what else do you feel complicates your relationship with food or impacts it in any way? Um, sometimes I'll forget to eat and I don't know what I want to eat and sometimes items I want to eat are not available or they're really messy. I hate that. I hate when yeah. you have that one thing in your yeah. little brain is just like I need the one food and yeah. then you don't have it. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot. Um, I also struggle with time blindness, like you said, forgetting to eat. Yeah. And then I'll go through the whole day and then realize, oh, it's eight it's eight PM. I haven't had a single meal today. Maybe I should go do that. So I definitely struggle with that as well when it comes to being neurodivergent. So what is a go-to safe food? Just kind of a lighthearted question. Um, uh, I love ramen, but it has to be stovetop ramen. Understandable. Also, um, quesadillas heated up in the microwave on a paper plate, but it has to be like not the really bad paper plates, but Where the one with like the film. The yeah. yeah, that one. Um... What is an unsafe food that you find it hard to eat or don't oh, eat ketchup. at all? 100% ketchup. ketchup. I find that's a common theme with neurodivergent people, yeah. not liking condiments or specifically ketchup. Yeah. I have um, a few experiences with people that are just don't have ketchup near me kind yeah. of thing. What makes a food safe if you know, like if you have a, a little uh, algorithm in your brain? It, it depends. I separate foods into three different categories, bushy, crispy, and then crispy and mushy. And so sometimes I want something that's mushy and I'll be like, okay, I'll have blackberries. Those are pretty mushy most of the time. Yeah. What about the other two categories? What kind of um, foods would fall into those? Crispy would be like chips and then crispy and mushy. Um, quesadilla is a good example. Mm -hmm. You can make it crispy on the outside, and then the cheese is, like, mushy, so crispy and mushy. That makes sense. That's a good way to categorize things. Is there anything that doesn't fall into the, those categories? Um, I feel like those cover pretty much everything in my brain. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything that wouldn't fall into those, and I, I it's a not, pretty good system. <laughs> I have not yet found one that falls without it. 
So do you feel like challenging yourself to eat unsafe foods is something that you enjoy and find helpful? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Um, like for tomatoes, for the longest time, I did not eat any tomatoes. But I tried a couple of different variations. Um, I tried grape tomatoes, and I found I actually like those. That's cool. I really struggle with wanting to find new foods, but not wanting to find new foods at the same time. Yeah. So, like, I didn't like hummus for the longest time, and then I tried it, and now it's one of my safe foods. Yeah. But it has to be on my own terms. Do you yeah. find that you struggle with safe foods on other people's terms versus, like, your own? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I'll go out to a restaurant, and my dad would be like, oh, why don't you get something um, out of your comfort zone, like orange chicken? I'm like, I don't want to get orange chicken right now. That's understandable. I feel like um, a big struggle with being neurodivergent is neurotypicals, like expectations of what we should like eat, where exist as. So um, what, if any, advice do you have for people that struggle with some of the same struggles that you have around being neurodivergent in food? When you listen to yourself, but also try and push yourself out of your comfort zone, if one day you're feeling more adventurous and you maybe want to try a fruit, do it. And if you can't, don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful outlook to have is that you don't necessarily have to branch out, but if you feel like branching out, like... You, you can. I think the knowledge of knowing that the options are there is what helps me personally. Mm-hmm. So um, we had another topic here today, if you wanted to explore that one. Yeah. It's transition to being a neurodivergent adult, and I have a few questions around that. Yeah. But before that, um, just do you want to tell them how old you are and like your experience with being um, an adult? I am 19. Um, I just got out of high school. I graduated not gonna say the area almost did oh no <laughs> nope not gonna dox myself um no, that's not advised yeah uh yeah i just graduated high school um i'm in college right now it's online and i've gotten all a's so far been going good i have a job i am a barista oh nice um what is the hardest part of being a neurodivergent or like young adult or adult Yeah, um, at my work, a lot of the people are older and they're like late 20s, early 30s. So they'll say something and they don't get my sense of humor. And sometimes I struggle with communicating my needs. Do you find it easier or harder to communicate with those younger than you when it comes to your needs? Um, I feel like it's different struggles. Like when it's younger, um, more personable I guess because they're closer to my age and I feel like there's an expectation that I should be like them but if it's older it feels more like a mentor relationship I guess okay and then people that are like your exact age do you find there's a disconnect between what you feel and what they feel or present to feel um yeah sometimes I struggle with social cues uh and it's just hard to know what they want from me is there anything that you found easier about being a neurodivergent, like, kid, teenage area versus a neurodivergent adult? Oh, um, teenager? A lot of things were already set out, um, and there was, like, a lot less freedom 
And with that also comes a lack of control, but there is definitely more structure. Okay. That's that's interesting that a lot of people that I've talked to have pointed out the fact that um, control is a big issue with being neurodivergent yeah. in a teenager, but the structure is really helpful. Yeah. So is there anything you miss, I guess, on that topic about being a kid slash teenager? Um, I guess not having to worry, I guess. Um, yeah. Do you know what the hardest part about the transition from teenager to adult itself is? Like the actual transitional area? Yeah, probably the, um the like DMV stuff and then taxes as well as like budgeting and retirement accounts. Understandable. Do you feel you have a unique experience at like places like the DMV as someone who is neurodivergent? Yeah, no, I hate the DMV. I I hate the DMV. Um, The driver's license people there, often they'll look at me weird or I'll show up and I'll be like, Oh, no. Yeah, it's a quite overstimulating environment. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would say to someone who is in the transitional area from like teenager to young adult that's uh, in like neurodivergent? Be patient um, and look at past experiences like in high school, what worked for you? Because um, often there might have been agendas you liked and there might have been scheduling mistakes, like scheduling stuff you did enjoy and just take those and apply it to your own life. And as someone in college, how do you feel that the college environment is different for you personally than like a high school online environment if you were ever online in high school? Because I know you mentioned you were online for college. Yeah, I was online during the COVID era for high school and that was extremely chaotic. Um, For college, a lot of the professors, they'll just give you a syllabus at the beginning of the year and you have to just make your own schedule and I find that kind of overwhelming but very freeing at the same time yeah yeah I understand that as someone who's also in college it's very difficult to find like a a balance between the online syllabus aspect of like just it's all thrown at you and then you're all it's all just there and you're like trying to decide okay when can I budget time to do this project with all of these other assignments and it's like yeah college is difficult like that but do you find it more or less stressful than high school like as an overall Uh, type thing overall college is probably I'd say less stressful because you don't have to be in the place or you don't have to be on zoom every day and if you don't like a teacher you just drop them which it's nice. Yeah, I feel like that's a good aspect. College gives you a lot of trust almost. Yeah. It feels kind of un I feel sometimes I feel like I don't deserve the amount of trust that my professors give me to just get things done. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you overestimate my ability to remember yeah. that this is due. Yeah. Um, do you find it hard to remember assignments or do you find it hard to know that kind of realm? I do sometimes. I started a planner and um, I have two planners. Uh, One's a to-do list and then the other is just a calendar. And for assignments, I'll put nine homework assignments or I'll put exam on the days for exams and study guides, as well as when like module module videos close. 
you find it easy to keep yourself to that planner? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Um, I live with my dad's and there's seven, well, with my dad, there's seven kids there. So it gets very distracting. That's understandable. Do you find environments like libraries or coffee houses like help you? Yeah, I love libraries. I have a slight obsession with libraries. Yeah. I guess we can kind of stray away from this topic because I am curious. What kind of books do you read, if any? Oh, gosh. I love fiction books. Um, I love poetry. Um, Poetry, probably. I read so many books. It's hard to just keep them on the spot. I recently read um, Call Me By Your Name. And then I've reread Pillow Thoughts, which is a poetry book. I believe um, it's by Courtney Pepperneal. believe she's lesbian I think not too sure but in the LGBT realm yeah somewhere somewhere (laughs) in there um do you find it hard to read some genres over others nonfiction 100% I struggle to read nonfiction books that's understandable is it the aspect of like it not being entertaining that bothers you or is there something else um that makes it hard to read I for nonfiction books, I feel like a lot of the history or the content in there, it's just told from a very, very just not great perspective. And a lot of it's lacking context or it's just not great. Yeah, I, I also find that history is it's always written from one point of view yeah. and it's very difficult to just like take away that and take away what actually happened versus the story that's being told. Do you like historical fiction or is it still like the same kind of struggle? Oh, do you, I can't remember what they're called, but they're the historical fiction books. I think American Girl. I used to read those all the time. I never really got into the American Girl books, unfortunately. (laughs) I feel like now everyone's like talking about them again and I wish I had gotten into them, but I never really read them. Um, Do you have like overarching themes that you like to see in books? Oh, uh, I love themes dealing with reality and uh, like a disconnect between reality and fiction. And I like the blurred lines between that. I also like books that kind of ramble and they go from place to place and you kind of have to sort through what actually they're thinking. So do you read a lot of books from like first person point of view, like I, me, or like third person? First person, I normally read first person, third point of view. Um, it, it kind of confuses me, the names I'm not used to and I have to think about it. I'm like, no. Yeah, I struggle a lot with names. I'm really good with dates, but names I really struggle with. So when I read third-person point of view, it feels like I'm just getting thrown into this friend group that I've never met anyone in. Yeah. So, um, and it also kind of feels impersonal sometimes to read, like, she did this, and then, like, she's the main character. It's like, why do we not get more of her story? So do you have any habits that you enjoy, habits that are positive and you feel improve your mood? 
Uh, probably waking up early. I used to hate getting up early. Now I've gotten into kind of routine, getting up early, brushing my teeth, doing all the hygiene stuff. So like self-care and like waking up yeah. early, that feels good to you. That's yeah. awesome. Do you feel like you have any bad habits, like smaller bad yeah. habits, like biting your nails that just make you feel, oh, why do I do this? Yeah, I chew on um, drawstrings of sweaters or sweatshirts. And I'll chew on sometimes sleeves of um, sweaters if they're there. I'm like, no, I need to stop. I did that a lot as a child, but now I can't stand the feeling of fabric in my teeth. It's weird how your sensory yeah. needs kind of evolve with you. Yeah. Um, do you have any habits that you feel you would like to develop, but you never can get the motivation to? I'm trying to develop a lot of habits, but probably going outside. I've gotten a bit better at going outside. Yeah. It's hard with such an online world to be like, yeah. not not saying it's a bad thing, because I feel like the online world really helps, especially neurodivergent people yeah. socialize. But I do understand that it's hard to like realize, oh, it's time to go outside yeah. now. I've started doing like screen time on Apple. It has a uh, different time limits you can do on different apps and then I just group them together and then um, if it's like for a reading I put a two-hour limit and that's just there because it'll stop me and I can take a break. Do you feel like it's harder to develop habits being neurodivergent or is it more you haven't seen the other side of things so you don't know? Um, I feel like it kind of is harder for certain habits, like self-care habits are very hard for me, but if it's reading every day or writing every day, that seems obtainable to me. Do you think that there are unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for habits you should have? Um, unrealistic expectations. Like, do you feel like you're expected to have certain habits that you just can't bring yourself to form? I'm trying to think one. It's probably waking up and... Oh, gosh. Waking is up is a good one, you said. <laughs> um... I struggle with going to bed on on time, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle a lot with knowing when it's time and then yeah. my body is never tired when it's time. Yeah. So it's like neurotypical people kind of expect you to listen both listen to your body, but want they want your body yeah. to be on the same clock as everyone else. Yeah. So I definitely struggle with going to bed at a quote unquote reasonable mm -hmm. time, which in turn comes with waking up at a reasonable time. Yeah. Today I woke up at, I think it was like eight. I was like really proud of myself. Nice. I was like, woo, eight, eight o'clock. Nice. Like on school days, I also get up at eight o'clock, which is, might nice. be why I woke up at eight today. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, no, not that I can think of. Okay, awesome. So um, that is probably going to be a wrap for today. I really enjoyed having your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. And yeah. have a great night, day, afternoon, everyone. And I will see you next time.